0: Whoa, before you get started, I have something to say. I don't suck. I don't suck. suck. I don't suck. I don't suck.
1: I don't, suck. don't suck. I, I would have liked to see Bobby have like a walkout. out I this episode. Oh, man.
2: All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Dustin, Lays with Beeve, the Troop Scout leader. Across from me, this is
1: Denim Wall, the Troop's historian.
3: And in between the two Wall Boys, as always, you have
2: myself, I'm Miles, also known as Chief, runs with bins. Thank you for joining us in the clubhouse today for another meeting. Of the Art of the Straight Arrow. So, as always, let's kick this meeting off like we do the rest with the Straight Arrow Oath. If you are in scout uniform, three-finger salute. If you are in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian.
1: A straight arrow tells the truth.
2: A straight arrow loves nature.
1: A straight arrow never bounces a hockey puck.
3: And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane.
2: Can I get a round table, Wima Tanya? Wima Tanya!
1: yeah. Beauty.
2: <laughs> All right. Now that this meeting has begun, let's take it to the historian for the episode info.
1: All right. So, this episode is Bobby Slam. This is in Season 2, Episode 10. It originally aired on December 14th, 1997. This is the 10th episode that aired, but it's the 9th episode of Season 2 that we will be covering because The Company Man, which we covered in Season 1, because it's included on the Season 1 DVDs, it aired in between this one and The Son That Got Away. And yeah, this one's written by... Uh, First time King of the Hill writer, actually, only time King of the Hill writer, Gina Fattore. She, this is her first King of the Hill writing credit. She got her start in the industry with King of the Hill. Actually, she got her start in the industry with as Greg Daniels' assistant from the start of King of the Hill.
3: Oh, what a promotion that was. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she was his assistant until I think basically 1998. Leanne's Saga was her last, um, assistant to greg daniels credit okay but uh yeah then she went on it seems like she probably would just wanted to be a writer obviously she got one episode here and then then she started working over at dawson's creek for uh, a few years and then a little bit on the golden girls and californication for a while too so
3: it's quite the variety there <laughs> it really is
1: yeah um and then this one's directed by chris moeller this is also his first. Uh, he has four director credits overall. But he'd been the assistant director on three episodes prior. Luann Saga, Shins of the Father, Plastic White Female. Uh, he got a start in animation with Felix the Cat. A uh, very, very brief stint with The Simpsons. Um, actually, he did the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode. Mm-hmm. And one episode of Recess <laughs> also. <laughs> Uh, and just a bunch of various animation departments. One that caught my eye though. Now I've I've brought this show this this show up before, but I have never been able to remember the name of it. And I never really cared enough to actually like do any real googling. But I came across it here, and this is the one I've been thinking of. It's called Tripping the Rift. Have you guys heard of that? Remember that? It was I'll, I'll
2: I've definitely seen it that. It was
1: a CGI. In like 2003, I think ish, and like it was a CGI show with a big purple monster mm-hmm. alien, and then like uh like a really scantily clad like big titted woman just like, and it was all the jokes were just like it was ba- it was a bad detour show like Teletoon detour show.
2: Yeah, I think I remember turning the. TV off every time it came on.
1: It's one of those but I always liked it. <laughs> it's cuz maybe I just like it, cuz it's like space. <laughs> but yeah, it's Steven but it's got Steven Root. He's oh, nice. he's like the big purple alien thing.
2: And that guy you were saying earlier that had all those TV shows with Felix the Cat. That's
1: that's this guy Chris Muller. He co-created this Trip in the Rift show.
2: Yeah, those are uh, all kind of done by the same studios that have worked on King of the Hill in the past so that makes sense. Okay, yeah. That, that would make sense. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I think it was Roman Studios. Um,
1: but yeah, I don't know. Tripping the Rift had at least like three seasons, maybe even more. I don't know. It was, I, I don't remember it being especially good, but <laughs> I I have fond memories of it.
3: Fond memories of those that big titted woman. <laughs> big titted alien.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so was there a director intro for this episode?
1: There was. Um, and it was kind of alright. It was more annoying. It was Connie, it was like a blue, like graded background with like Connie. Just whipping Bobby around. And every time, it was just, like, that same, like, scream. Um, I don't even, like, don't even remember it. Just, like, annoying scream. <laughs> and then it just said, Bobby slam in red. It was,
2: yeah. So it wasn't a very memorable one?
1: No, it was pretty passable.
2: Seems like all the director's intros that have Bobby's uh, in the title seem to suck.
1: Yeah. So, Husky
2: Bobby was the same, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Husky Bobby was really bad, yeah. Yeah. The... Jump and Crack Bass is still my favorite, I think. I want that picture. I just like want that. Like, online. you know
2: how to get it. <laughs>
1: how do I get it?
2: Screenshot it.
1: Oh, I could do that on my PlayStation, you're right. Oh, shit. We might just have a technological breakthrough here.
3: Nice, let's put it on a t-shirt and get it up.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, cool, I'm gonna look into that.
3: So what's the uh, synopsis for this episode, our Mr. Historian?
1: So, synopsis for Bobby Slam is after Bobby joins the wrestling team, Connie tries to join also, creating a fuss around Tom Landry Middle School.
2: That about sums it up. All right, so that brings us to the first scene in this episode. We have No Cold Open after the title credits we see Bobby and Connie in Bobby's room playing Sergeant Gorgeous All-Man Body Slam.
1: All-Man Body Slam. And
2: we have Bobby, of course, as Sergeant Gorgeous, and Connie as the unnamed player, too. <laughs> <laughs> was she in the...
1: She asks if there's any uh, female characters in the game. <laughs>
2: she picked the one with the braids to be the closest.
1: No, I can't remember if this was in the extended scenes or if this was actually the episode, but after Connie asks... If there's a girl in the game, Bobby says, not really. A lot of them still have breasts, but there are some mean rumors about Sergeant Gorgeous. (laughs) I think the last part
2: is added in. There are some mean rumors about Sergeant Gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, Sergeant Gorgeous is obviously uh, Sergeant Slaughter.
2: Oh yeah, except uh, way more beautiful.
1: Way more beautiful. I wonder if there's a G.I. Joe made about him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's just a defaced one that your younger sister got a hold of
3: <laughs> So as, as the kids play this uh, the video game Peggy pokes into the room and tells Connie that her mom Min just phoned and asked if they were doing their math homework uh, Peggy responds with the clever pun that she was wrestling with some math equations so At this point Connie leaves But her and Bobby continue to communicate throughout the night But uh, this time by different means uh, Bobby looks out his window Connie's next door in her bedroom window doing homework on her computer. Bobby whips out his Etch-a-Sketch and
2: asks... Etch-a-Sketch doodle. <laughs> Etch-a-Sketch doodle, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's for ages three and up, but Bobby still has it at 12. <laughs> you
1: know, I. anytime I think of that thing, I just remember, like, I think you got one for Christmas... One more, and I remember...
2: I remember the slide to a race.
1: Yeah, I remember, like, Christmas morning, it was, like, there with, like, two, like, two Dustin from Santa, like, that was, like, on your present, and I was, like, and that's what I think of every time I see that thing. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I don't even remember that. No,
1: you were, I think you were, like, three. <laughs> well, yeah, see,
2: I got an age of three, because I can yeah. handle toys. <laughs> even
1: though the box says, that's all right, too. <laughs>
3: So Bobby asks what the question or what, uh, what one of the math questions was on his etch-a-sketch and Connie quickly... It's an etch-a-sketch doodle. Etch-a-sketch doodle. Uh, <laughs> Connie quickly uh, turns her computer monitor to face Bobby and uh, lets him know what the answer was. Immediately the phone rings and Bobby says, thanks. So this is keeping in theme, <laughs> keeping in theme with the, the last episode that we talked about, The Son That Got Away. This one really begins to continue to build on Connie and Bobby's uh, relationship with each other.
1: Yeah, I like it um, being so, like, in a line like that. Like, the show's really seems about Bobby these last few weeks. So Peggy's uh, in bed and she's woken up and she's got her call to action. She's ready at all times for, to get called in.
2: Yeah, dust off your gym skirt. Yeah, because <laughs> she doesn't have gym shorts. <laughs> like, right from the get-go, the show just layers on the misogyny thick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, thick. <laughs> um,
1: and then, yeah, she goes, uh, she gets the call, and then Hank um, Hank asks her where she's been stationed. Today, I'm teaching gym. Whoa, now that's
5: serious, Peggy. Gym is where a boy learns teamwork and the importance of winning. Actually, I'm teaching girls gym. Oh. Oh. Good luck to you. Do I have
2: a clean shirt? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the subtitles say exclaims disinterestedly. Like in brackets when he goes, oh.
1: Nice a nice parenthetical. <laughs> the, uh, the phone call that Peggy got, though, I was just kind of thinking, did anybody else... Hear Rusty Shackleford
2: on the other lo- I honestly did. I was just like, Oh, that must be a voice clip from uh Like it must have been Johnny Hardwick. Yeah.
1: When I first was just watching this episode, I kind of thought that it might start with like another prank call from Dale. Yeah. <laughs> but then it wasn't. Like it was
2: was that Principal Moss? Do you think it was Doug, the, the basketball coach? Let's let's let's, let's listen to it again.
4: Dust off your gym skirt Peggy. We need a sub for girls' sports.
2: That's definitely a Johnny Hardwick.
4: It's
1: definitely Johnny Hardwick, but I don't know which character it would be.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a character. I, th- I think it's uh, very similar to, like, Bug the announcer. It's like anytime there's a Tom Landry, like, middle school person or maybe just, like, an education person in general, it's just that same Johnny Hardwick
2: uh, okay. voice. Yeah, because I'd imagine it's not usually principals doing the phone call to substitute teachers to find one. Fuck else is the
1: principal's supposed to do?
2: Principal pull the kids. Be there for them.
1: Yeah, and have teachers to teach them. That's their (laughs) fucking job. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) He's too busy
3: fighting fucking wheelchair ramps. (laughs) Left-handed scissors.
1: (laughs) Really hates those wheelchair ramps.
3: (laughs) Uh, Carl Moss ain't getting up at fucking 5 a.m. to phone Peggy.
5: <laughs>
3: anyway, the next scene, we see them at Tom Landry Minor School, and it's uh, P.E. Orientation Day. And as Dustin just mentioned, this crazy old man named Doug comes up on stage, and he's the basketball coach. Uh, it's the only time that we see Doug in the, in the series. It's not said who he's voiced by or anything, and he's just kind of there to uh, help with the story, I guess. And he gets on about a lot of... Fancy talk about bouncing balls, <laughs> Try, trying to sell the kids into playing basketball.
4: You bounce a football, well, that's a fumble, is it? Baseball, no bouncing at all. Bounce a ball in hockey, that's a mandatory drug test right there.
3: So up next after Doug uh, exits the stage is the wrestling coach. And he's not going to wow you about any fancy talk about bouncing balls.
0: <laughs> I just want you to know one thing. Every kid who shows up to wrestle will earn a place on the team and the right to wear this. Wow,
6: silver piping.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Bobby is absolutely blown away by that middle school windbreaker. (laughs) And so, yeah, this is the first appearance of Coach Kleehammer, who is the incredibly sexist and ignorant wrestling coach (laughs) and gym teacher at Tom Lettering Middle School. Is
1: he only in this episode or is he anymore?
3: He's in a few okay. uh, Voiced by Toby Huss uh, Oh, really? Mm-hmm Coach Kleehammer makes four appearances in King of the Hill Take Me Out of the Game, The Powder Puff Boys, No Bobby Left Behind, and of course, Bobby Slam
1: Oh, I, can, I think I can hear it now I think I can hear the Toby Huss if there's I any, was wondering
3: If there's any, like, characters that are, like, yelling all the time Or just, like, <laughs> or, generally, like
1: Or very, like, bigoted or
3: yeah. <laughs> it's It's Toby Huss <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing to do with him, just really good at who he's portraying
3: Coach Clehammer goes on to put a, uh, a tape into the TV to, uh, to show the kids about wrestling, and Bobby and Connie think it's really cool.
6: Uh, a little staged, but it's still pretty good.
3: <laughs> so Bobby thinks it's not real wrestling.
2: <laughs> of course, Bobby wants that Tom Landry wrestling team windbreaker, and when him and Connie get out of the change rooms to go into gym class, Connie nudges them to go join the wrestling team. And uh, he walks over, and <laughs> Coach Kleehammer, or I guess I should say Toby Huss, shows off how good he is at being loud and abrasive <laughs> to his one volunteer.
0: Ah-ha! That's called a center-step single-leg attack. Ow. Now what are you going to do, huh? Now what, big man? You're going to dump me, huh? you going to pin me? This will teach you to pull a knife on me. Hard to stomach guy when you're hopping around all day, huh, Hoppy? What? All right, good job. <laughs> <laughs> <Good job.
1: laughs> I love it. I love that voice. I don't know what like I hope that that guy I hope that coach Clee Hammer comes up more.
2: I think he will. I think four more episodes at least, or three more.
1: Only three. Man, that's a voice that should just be, uh, that, that's a good one. I yeah, like that. I like that. That's a funny voice.
2: It sounded like he was like uh, putting all of his emotional effort into it. He he called the kid, uh, you think you're going to dumb me like it was his ex-girlfriend? <laughs> you think you're going to pin me like an opponent? <laughs> and you think you're going to stab me like a
0: mugger? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs>
3: We forgot to mention, after Coach Klehammer goes on stage, Peggy does to introduce uh, something very interesting to the girls, which is called general sports.
1: Yes,
3: general sports. So just after the leg lock clip, uh, it's a quick scene to Peggy and uh, coaching the girls with a very shitty basketball that has, like...
2: (laughs) It looks basically like a rugby ball, and I don't know if you've ever tried to bounce a rugby ball, because it bounces like that, and it's fucking annoying.
1: (laughs) General sports was... uh, that was that was pretty good fun. I loved standing around not playing basketball <laughs> while everybody else was supposed to be playing basketball. <laughs>
3: like, Can we play floor hockey now? Come on. Yeah, it was
1: like if it wasn't floor hockey, the class was not interested.
2: Yeah, nobody fucking cared.
1: Nobody cared.
2: I mean, I like dodgeball. I'd be down for dodgeball yeah. pretty much every Friday.
1: That was just Friday though. <laughs>
2: dodgeball
3: was a joke. the worst was definitely that two weeks of fucking dance you had to do. Oh, each that's
1: <laughs> it was only, and then like and then the like it was split up so it was like half line dancing and you would have to learn all country dances
3: and <laughs> The the high school that we went to is also connected to an aquatic center, so we got to do two weeks of swimming. Which so you find out at a very early age how to hide your boner in (laughs) front.
2: I mean, I learned it in dance class because the other half that wasn't square dancing, we had PE at the same time as the older girls' class, so they got to be your dance partners. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: (laughs) Friday dodgeball was was uh, was half with was always against the older kids
2: Mm -hmm. until (laughs) you were the older kids. Until we were the
1: older kids. And then it was
3: fun. You get fucking lit up for three years. And then you get to just prey on these poor.
1: Couple couple years. Yeah.
2: Been waiting for this my whole life. I don't even care if they don't try to dodge
1: it. I know I'm not supposed to aim for the bench. (laughs) Kid was living me (laughs) off.
3: Or in the teacher joins in, that was always fun to oh, I could no. pick him off.
1: Nelson.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, back on Rainy Street, the guys are standing around and have a very riveting conversation about another man that they know.
4: I hear Eddie Tucker started patching his
2: driveway.
4: Yep. Mm hmm. Where'd he get his asphalt? Johnson's. <laughs>
2: <coughs> See, now about this scene, because of what uh Super Newsome Phone says later, About how washed up wrestlers just end up paving driveways or whatever. I was really hoping that Eddie Tucker was going to be a washed up wrestler.
1: Mm. But
2: it turns out he's just a washed up baseball player. I mean, probably not even washed up. Like Born in Greenville, Mississippi, is an American former Major League Baseball catcher. Originally drafted by the San Francisco Giants in nineteen eighty-eight. He broke into the big leagues with the Houston Astros in nineteen ninety-two and also played parts of the nineteen ninety-three and ninety-five seasons with the Astros. Uh 95, they traded him to the Indians, uh, for pitcher Matt Williams. So I figured there'd probably be a relevant name around then. That's probably who they're talking about, and that's probably why it's worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, I mean it'd be like, oh yeah, Bertuzzi just got a new pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I
3: can see how they would do that. Like they're all clearly following the Houston baseball team, and he must—they uh, just assume he lives in the Arlen universe. And because I mean, why else would they talk about just some dude patching his yeah. fucking
2: driveway?
1: So, yeah, I mean, but I don't know—are they closer to Rangers?
2: I don't know. I also considered it could be just a guy down the street, and it's worth mentioning for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> I didn't think twice about it. I just thought it was a guy. I just thought it was their friend. I was
2: just—I was really hoping.
3: Yeah. Well, I thought that scene was really weird because I can't remember the episode but Hank, somebody somebody says something to Hank and he's like, I almost just spit out my beer.
1: That was Halloween. Uh, right. When Peggy tells him that Bobby's at the Halloween house.
3: But he oh, does yeah. it and then in this one he spits his beer out because Eddie Tucker got his asphalt from Johnson's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what's wrong with that?
3: What do you mean? Well, like, he, like, Bobby being at the Hallelujah House was way more, like, news to Hank that's more worthy of But, I mean, is sure. Hank
1: just surprised that this baseball player got it down the street?
3: I don't know. I think I was assuming that he thought Johnson's had shitty asphalt or something. <laughs>
1: that's was my guess. What the fuck? Isn't asphalt as asphalt as asphalt?
2: <laughs> Not when you're Hank Hill. <laughs> well,
1: I, yeah, I th- I thought it was that. I thought that he was. i guess now—never <clears throat> mind. I don't know. <laughs>
3: So I said, kiss my asphalt," And then Bobby comes flying up on his bike and uh, tells Hank how, and he's super excited that he's, that he's, I joined a sports team. I joined wrestling team. And Hank's like, really? Wrestling? That's a damn fine sport. And he's super pumped.
5: And this is offered through the school, right? Not
3: some guy in a van with a camcorder?
6: It's the real thing. I'm in a very advanced weight class. <laughs>
3: Did either of you two guys think about the tip of the spear when he said some guy in a van with a camcorder? Because yeah. <laughs> that's
2: what I—that's what I thought. I am now. <laughs> Yeah, and so the guys hear the news, and they all congratulate Hank instead of congratulating Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah, they're all like, way to go, Hank.
1: (laughs) They
3: actually, like, turn their backs to Bobby and, like, box him out of the conversation.
1: He's just happy to be involved.
2: So that brings us to... Peggy in the office, outside of Principal Carl Moss's office, next to Stuart Dooley. What are you here for? And she's here to get basketballs for the girls' basketball team, and that's all I had to say about that. Some
1: general <laughs> sports equipment.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so she finally gets her turn to go in after, like, 15 or 20 minutes, and then immediately she's... Kicked out basically.
1: What
3: was Dooley there for? Because her him and Peggy had a brief exchange.
1: Oh, what did
2: I peed in some kid's locker? Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, and like Peggy comes out all defeated with her head down, and Dooley is so fucking mean. He's like, Girls sports were a no. Girl sports are a joke.
1: Girl sports are a joke. So angry about it. <laughs>
3: So after the principal's office, back at the Hill House, Hank is uh, very excitedly looking at a calendar and moving around his work schedule to accommodate all of Bobby's wrestling practices and meets. Well... Peggy is very pissed off, and going on to talk about how the money was earmarked for holograms on the middle school football tickets.
1: (laughs) Fraud is a real problem.
3: Yeah, like Hank just doesn't care about Peggy (laughs) subbing for for uh, for for girls' general sports. Not
1: just Hank; nobody cares. Yeah, but and yeah, and Peggy realizes that nobody's ever cared. Mm -hmm. And we get a flashback of her back to playing baseball, Mm -hmm. and she's hitting dingers. And everybody's so impressed they need to know if she can run as well as she can hit. <laughs> yes sir, I sure can. And then run over to the store then and get these boys some soda pop. That it girl
5: Yeah, boys love soda pop. We got to remember to bring some to Bobby's practice.
4: <laughs>
3: and that's funny because it's a, it's like a, a callback to uh, the West Side story, where Peggy's complaining about man how that she was super rude to her, and Hank's like, "Well, remember when you moved here from Montana and you called Pop Sody Pop?" Okay. <laughs> and then so this is we're assuming is Peggy still in Montana, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's astute observation.
2: And Hank still doesn't give a fuck <laughs> all he can think about Is Bobby's finally doing a sport <laughs>
1: Hank is so proud in fact That he goes and hands down Another heirloom From the hills Very
3: valuable Heirloom. Uh, it was given to Hank from Cotton, and now Hank is giving it to Bobby. And it, of course, is a, a genuine Pittsburgh steel uh, jock strap, or just jock, I guess.
1: Just designed to keep those
6: hill generations safe. <laughs> if it wasn't for this, you might not be here. <laughs> There's holes in it. How am I supposed to drink out of this?
5: <sighs>
3: Bobby, it's not for.
5: Gotcha!
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That scene, just the visual of it as Hank walks in his room, Bobby's in his tighty he's just like uh, flexing into the mirror is so funny. Did you guys happen to notice what Hank was carrying the cup in?
1: Oh Yes, yes I, did. I
3: did. The ever infamous, icon, <laughs> icon, iconic even. Iconic,
1: I would say. <laughs> the velvet purple Crown yeah. Royal bag.
3: So being Canadians, we're pretty proud of our Canadian whiskey and Crown Royal being the most popular Canadian whiskey that there is. Amen. Now, the origin of, the, of Crown Royal whiskey is, uh, is kind of is interesting. It's in 1939. King George the VI, uh, he of the King's Speech and Darkest Hour fame, became the first reigning monarch to visit Canada. Uh, Crown Royal Deluxe was created in his <laughs> honor. The king and his wife, Queen Elizabeth I, left with ten cases of the stuff on their train. In easily one of the classiest liquor store runs in history.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's got a different use for their Crown Royal Velveteen bag. My father uses it for his poker change. Yeah. Denim uses Pope. it for his D&D dice.
1: Uh, yeah, I did. We used to play. I don't, don't play with you anymore.
2: Well, fuck. We got uh, something else on our hands that takes up quite a bit of time. <laughs>
1: They're they're a good thing to have. You can throw your rollies in there, your your grind. Oh,
2: yeah. Endless uses for that bag.
1: Everybody's got a few of them kicking around. I did really like this scene, though, just that... um, Yeah, like, Hank's tried to hand down some things to Bobby before. Um, I mean, kind of... I'm thinking, like, the gun in How to Fire a Rifle. Yep. Although, I guess he bought him one, but it was in the same vein. Um, And, like... But this one after Bobby made that joke about drinking out of it, Hank genuinely thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I, I kind of saw in that moment, like a little bit of like bonding from the oh, yeah. perspective of like Bobby wanting to be a comedian. And like him making his dad laugh, like in an honest joke kind of is like, a, that was like, I, I kind of noticed it. I was like, that's really cool.
2: That's funny. Cause I took it as a similar thing of them bonding. But I took it more as, like, almost from Hank's side because now his son is, like, doing a sport. He's willing to, like, you know, laugh at his jokes and, like, actually, like, and, bond and, and give him the time of day. And the
1: – it is a joke about a jockstrap. It's something that Hank knows – Can for, get
2: down with. He understands it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> –
2: We're not talking about cheese on a guitar here. No, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I thought that was interesting.
3: Yeah, no, that was a great scene. It was a real moment. It was like maybe one of the first times in the series so far that we've seen where they're both like completely comfortable with each other. And they're just like, that was a good one.
1: (laughs) And we know it's not going to (laughs) last. We know that boy ain't right.
3: Back at Tom Landry Middle School, the girls are practicing blowing up basketballs while it's in their hands and then quickly tossing it away. It's first you blow, then you throw. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby is taking this new opportunity to
1: be on a team and probably making some new friends. He's working on some cheers that he got. I love the just the contrast of like <laughs> how Bobby is literally doing a cheerleader routine and the guys are all into it. And then the girls are over there trying their... Damnedest to play some fucking basketball. <laughs> it's like, this, like it's, it, I all, all, I think the contrast is obvious, but I, I like that it's there. The guys are content to just do cheerleaders, and the <laughs> girls are trying to play
2: sports oh, yeah, funny. they're
1: not being allowed to
3: <laughs> and bobby he worked up quite a sweat working up that little cheer that yeah. he's got <laughs> it hit him high hit him low landry <laughs> landry go 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 i love like the other kids on the wrestling team like give him a little round of applause and he's like good spirit hill
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so bobby asked if he can have some Gatorade now he goes yeah sure kid you're sweating plenty <laughs> over while Bobby's getting some Gatorade uh, one of those deformed bow- uh, basketballs bounces over and hits him in the leg and Connie comes over and he goes hey Connie how's it going and she goes uh, it's okay.
6: Did you learn the pile driver yet? That's not really a wrestling move. Real wrestling is about holes. You got your head locks, your leg locks, your belly locks. If you got it we'll lock it.
3: And of course he tries to demonstrate on Connie and he's like see you, you can't, can never- you can't get out of a lock and she just like Quickly, with ease, just, like, zips right out of his hole, and he's like, well, you didn't use real wrestling. <laughs> uh,
1: if you used wrestling, you couldn't get out. <laughs> I love that's the extent of what he's learned here. Coach Kleehammer comes on behalf of Doug and tells Peggy that the girls need to vacate the gym because it needs to be used for Doug and whatever the hell he's going to play. I don't know.
2: Do, do, basketball.
1: Was it basketball? He's a basketball coach. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the basketball... Uh, I don't know why they didn't already
2: have it planned out. Or, like, you can do half-court. Like, half-court scrimmages are a thing.
1: Well, they're resting on the other half.
2: Uh, Duh. I'm so stupid.
1: Yeah. I mean, the mats are already down. <laughs> you think we can ask her to roll yeah. him up?
2: No, <laughs> yeah, Peggy fights back though. She does, and she wants uh, to take up the whole gym because now they're it's doing. It's total sports. Total sports, yeah. Yeah, it's total sports. Total sports. Um, so then they. I mean, get, she's
1: awesome. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and they get totally kicked outside. Yeah, And Doug can pack me up on this. <laughs>
1: yeah, Doug can. I was I watched this episode this morning with my girlfriend, and I was like, uh, when we were just watching it, I was like, "There's a hundred percent going to be a deleted scene." right in between there, yep. and I, but they didn't have even have one, and I was like, I was,
2: it you, totally thought, you just, thought there'd be something, because you're right, it goes right from there to them getting kicked out, I, what I so honestly saw,
1: thought was like, um, was that they would have had, they, they, they had maybe like, it was, maybe it was like, super mean,
2: yeah, something that they told, yeah, they were just kind of like, cut, because like, that makes me uncomfortable,
1: and maybe that <laughs> is still the case, maybe they couldn't like, find something where they were just like, no, that's, that's too stupid, like, let's not do that. Let's
2: just cut straight to getting kicked out. Because there was a lot of out. stuff
1: in this episode that was already a little bit too stupid. Yeah, to and I feel
2: like if they needed to cut even, it out, that makes that, that's yeah. totally fine. You can just cut to her getting kicked out. We don't need to see the beat down.
3: <laughs> yeah, as the girls are getting uh, begrudgingly marched out of the gym, uh, they, just a quick shot of Peggy still inside the gym doing her best to blow that shitty basketball up. And Connie's like, give it up, Mrs. Hill. It's over. And she's just like, well, what do you want to do? You wanna do? And Connie's like, I want to wrestle. I want to join the wrestling team. And Peggy's like, I will make that happen. And the final scene that ends that is
1: Bobby. Go ahead,
6: punch it!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right after Peggy says, There's nothing that girls can do that, or boys can do that girls cannot. (laughs) This
3: is just Bobby testing out that new steel cop on some kid.
1: (laughs) He's probably just got a fucking big steel punch in his nuts. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so now this is when they go to the showers, right?
3: Yeah, because it's awesome because Hank's there watching the practice, which is so unnecessary. Like, whose parent goes and watches the fucking practice? And, of course, Boomhauer's there because, you know, Boomhauer's got nothing better. do. He's watching these 13-year-old kids wrestle with <laughs> Hank and Hank's really proud because Bobby and another student or another boy on the wrestling team are rolling up a third boy from the wrestling team in a wrestling mat. And <laughs> Hank's like, look at that, pig in a blanket.
1: <laughs> and for once, my son's the cook. <laughs> I love it. And then there's an extended scene of this one where uh, it goes to Boomhauer and he kind of just goes dang old pig in a blanket, like just talking about that. Then Hank just sort of agrees with him, not understanding and like yells for Bobby's, like. Put the mustard on them, son. (laughs) And then Bobby just starts, like, peppering the (laughs) mat with punches.
3: (laughs) And just after that happens, we have Coach Kleehammer come in.
0: All right, ladies, hit the showers. And no Oklahoma car washes,
3: neither. Get your hair wet. (laughs) <laughs> now, Urban Dictionary defines an Oklahoma car wash as the act of washing oneself in a gas station or truck stop bathroom sink with paper towels and hand soap. The process usually only covers the face, neck, underarms, and chest.
1: <laughs> it's like a whole bath. <laughs>
2: I like the other description. The drunken act of peeing from an overpass on the cars going by below. The best place to do this is where a country road goes over a highway and a quick getaway can be made. You get double points for hitting a convertible. Just make sure that you check the wind direction before releasing. (laughs) Who's keeping score?
1: (laughs) What's... What's that dude's name? Let's ask him what an Oklahoma car wash really is.
2: Yeah, we. Some nice fan reached out and asked us to not bash on Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard right now.
1: <laughs> I don't even know anything about Oklahoma except for that. Except for the Seattle was hashtag robbed. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was watching this episode with my girlfriend, and she just and she didn't really get it. She's just like, "like What's an Oklahoma car wash?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know for sure, but I assume it's something to do with washing in the sink."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Peggy brings Connie into Coach Hammer's office to try and uh, see if Connie will get a spot on the wrestling team. And um, they get into some legalese battle, and they start throwing around a whole bunch of big words. and.
0: Yeah, well, Roe versus Wade doesn't apply to my wrestling team.
6: Oh, I think you'll find it does apply. Come on, Connie. Mrs. Hill, isn't Roe versus Wade... Yeah, I know, dear, but you have to pick your battles.
3: <laughs> so Coach Kling- Kleehammer has obviously no idea what Roe versus Wade actually was. So Roe versus Wade was a 1973 landmark decision issued by the United States Supreme Court on the issue of the constitutionality of laws that criminalize or restricted access to abortions. Roe versus Wade prompted a national debate that continues today about issues including whether and to what extent abortion should be legal, who should decide the legality of abortion, what methods the Supreme Court should should use in constitutional adjudication and what the role should be of religious and moral views in the political sphere. That was a mouthful.
2: I understand three words. (laughs) Yeah, Coach Hammer obviously understood nothing and thought Peggy should just go and...
0: uh, What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be teaching the girls about their monthlies? (laughs)
2: That's just I just I heard that the first time listening I was like you know what nobody's gonna remember this one And I love it <laughs> Oh you said your piece of shit He's like uh, does she speak the English language <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
1: yes. Tell her the Asian girls are great at gymnastics <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah he's just terrible But uh, thanks for that little fun fact Miles It's always good to know what you're talking about When you're watching this kind of stuff So Peggy wants to prove the coach wrong
1: She has, holds her own parent teacher meeting yeah Parent uh, Substitute teacher meeting <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah so Peggy meets With the super nuisance And is try to convince Min and Con To let Connie join The wrestling team And at first uh, They're very hesitant Especially Connie, He doesn't want any part of it And Min kind of Starts to choose her mind because Or change her mind Sorry Because it'll separate her uh, From other Asian girls In uh, college applications
0: I thought being smart Person in Texas Set her apart Maybe not Not enough <laughs> <laughs>
3: Eventually, the three women uh, persuade Con and uh, everyone now is at a meeting with Carl
2: Moss and Coach Kleehammer. And this is our second and final appearance of Carl Moss in season two. So, Peggy's back with the Super Newsom phones, and uh, they're raising a hell about Connie playing or joining the wrestling team. And uh, it, it's funny because. Uh, Peggy's defense is that her son has gotten a lot of social skills and balance and it's really benefited him a lot. And then uh, Coach Cleanhammer starts to, you know, use his brain and...
0: Wait a minute. Bobby Hill is your son? Very good. You follow trail of clues that start with same last name. Where you find this guy, Scotland Yard?
2: That's so good So good I tried to find the actual statistics of like unsolved murders or cases of Scotland Yard And I don't think it's really a stat that they like to post Because you can't really find it Like I saw something that said, you know, like 219 unsolved murders that were reopening And I was just like, there's got to be more than that (laughs) Like, come on
3: I love Toby Huss yelling at him, like arguing with himself as
2: like the two different characters. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really think about it like that.
1: That is true. That is very true. Um, I love, uh, I love his, his, uh, I love Khan's rebuttal. His phrase. You heard her.
0: <laughs> if my girl doesn't wrestle, I'll show you who put the sue in Super nutri
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I bet he's done it before. Oh, at least no threatened doubt. it. At least threatened
2: it. I mean, you look at all the money he throws around. Like, that's like, <laughs> it's no big deal to con.
1: I, and then, then we, get, we go to Bobby's thoughts on Gatorade. Oh, I love my this God. little bit.
2: Yeah, all <laughs> the boys are crowding around him.
6: <laughs> Cherry is strictly an after-wrestling Gatorade. But Lemon Lime is good anytime. time. <laughs> this reminds me of,
1: uh, of Elder Little Pond of our friend Nathan. He one I remember one time I think we were going fishing, and he went into the he was gone into the store to get us Gatorades, and he they were all whatever two for four bucks or something. So he bought us a whole bag of Gatorades. Comes back to the car with like six lemon lime Gatorades. <laughs> And then we look at him like, "What the fuck, dude? Why are they all lemon lime?" He's like, "Well, I got us all lemon lime, so we wouldn't have to fight over it." <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's like, "Lemon lime's the best flavor," and I was like, "No, fuck that. Cool blue. I can't remember what your no, favorite fuck flavor that. was."
1: Gatorade is the best original, all the way.
3: Is that the what's the the orange one? Yeah. Yeah. Gatorade. Yeah. What's your favorite?
2: You know, I'm a fan of the uh, newer Gatorade lineups. I like the Summit Storm, actually. But no, cool bluesprint. This classic. isn't this
1: isn't work
2: now. <laughs> No, I mean, in all honesty, I like Glacier Cherry. It's the white Glitcher one. Glacier Cherry is pretty good. No, the what's one? the
1: Strawberry Lemonade? That one's delicious.
2: I thought that one was kind of trash. No, that was so good. That one goes out of date the most. <laughs>
1: is that? Yeah. Damn. That will explain why it's always in Port Alberni. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place I can only find it. <laughs>
3: it's was funny. Like, I can't. I probably couldn't count on like how many times I've said that. Like Lemon Lime. Cherry Gatorade clip like when I was still playing the cross, And just everyone would be like what
2: is your deal like, <laughs> I was
3: like why well, can you watch the shows And I like pick up on the references Yeah,
2: Man this kid's always talking about Gatorade what the fuck <laughs> Well the
3: coach comes out as Bobby's discussing the various flavors of Gatorade And what their intended uses are and the coach Comes out and says unfortunately that this year Not everyone is guaranteed a spot on the team It all goes back to Title 9, Dick Nixon's Biggest mistake and he, uh, he basically alludes that, yeah, there's going to – he doesn't say that there's tryouts yet, but he's, uh, he's alluding to it. And everyone, like all the boys on the wrestling team are pissed, especially Bobby, because, I mean, at this point in the episode, we haven't even seen him wrestle yet. Like, he just loves everything that comes with being on the wrestling team, like drinking Gatorade and making cheers and wearing a uniform.
1: <laughs> well, oh. he knows it as much as – his video games show him right like he doesn't think it's a real sport
3: (laughs) yeah uh, he i think he's like the first one to realize that like he's the first one going to be off the team essentially (laughs) so after that we're outside and bobby is at the bike rack and he's doing his combination and connie poor connie comes riding over and she's all like she's all stoked like to tell bobby she's like did you hear i'm gonna be on the wrestling team now we can hang out all afternoon and my mom won't get mad because it's practice and Bobby's super rude to her, and he's just like, uh, I, can't, "I can't concentrate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember my combination while you're talking." She's like, "Okay," and then he like kind of turns over, and he's just like, "This is gonna take a while." <laughs> like, just like, like just totally, off. yeah. Just like, get out of here.
1: Like, yeah, that was a little, uh, it was a little mean.
2: Yeah, like, there's definitely a different way he could have taken it, but I mean, to Bobby being 12 and not in control of his emotions, like, she did just kind of take his spot on the team. Like, Bobby kind of knows that she's on the team, now somebody's got to get let, let go, and Bobby's pretty used to being the last guy picked. So I yeah. think he knows, and he's probably pretty sad. So he's actually quite upset, because he runs home, or bikes home, to his dad and the boys outside, and, uh, he basically tells... Hank what happened, and Hank's response is uh, pretty ruthless as well.
5: It's all well and good to talk about equal rights until some man loses his job. How's that equal?
6: Yeah, and it's worse when they take away our favors because we're used to getting them. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I was laughing really hard at this, and my girlfriend was staring daggers at me. <laughs>
1: it's like he's only just discovering this world, too, by being, like, a quote-unquote jock now, oh, you know? Yeah. Like, he's only just – like, his dad's just accepting this, and he's like,
2: you know. Yeah, like, I played football in high school, and, like, I'm not going to lie. You actually can't get away with shit if you drop that you play football. Like, one time, <laughs> it was our grad party. Uh, and it was me and my friend's job To get the beer pong tables organized And so like we went to Walmart And we're like 40 bucks for like a fold out table like, Fuck that The gym's got like hundreds so we went in the back door and pulled hundreds? out, okay, like three? 30, <laughs> there's three? a stack for exams. <laughs> so we pulled one out and we start like kind of hustling it across the parking lot, which is like right out from the principal's window. And as we're loading it into his truck, like the principal comes out and he's like, what you guys doing with that? Just borrowing it. And so we get dragged in the office and then uh, we, ba- we fessed up, but I was just like, you know, I, I play on the football team, and I coach, and, like, uh, this would really suck for me, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, yeah, well, you know, can't have that, so uh, we're just going to let you out for the warning here. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, it works. Like, it works. We need you on the field on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right. Like, I feel like a piece of trash. You know we're playing bars. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Even in Canada, football players get the upper hand.
2: And I love, uh, I
1: love Bill's, Bill's take on this.
3: Yeah, Bill likes women's
1: wrestling. Yeah, he's,
3: now he's a hold on, Hank. I'm all for ladies
0: wrestling, except when they do it in pudding. That's just demeaning to the human beings who
2: make pudding.
1: <laughs> Not demeaning to the human beings wrestling in the pudding.
2: I mean, I'd just rather Jell-O. Jell-O's not that good to begin with. Might as well use it for something useful.
1: <laughs> it's it's that's so funny. I love it.
2: And this would have been another great time to
3: have that useless tip of the spear around here oh with us. <laughs> Dale starts going off about the feminite agenda and that uh, women's sports is the number two.
4: Ever since they had that big women's conference in Beijing, co-ed sports has been the number two priority on the international feminite agenda. You want to know what the number one priority is? Please, not right now, Dale. Coed bathrooms. <clears throat> It'll be a cold day in hell before we institute that in the Gribble home.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's a good thing we don't have the tip of the spear here for that.
2: <laughs> have you ever been in a co-ed bathroom? They are weird. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Tip of the Spears outhouse?
1: <laughs> it says no girls allowed.
3: <laughs> so Hank wants to say to Peggy that he thinks that Bobby was so close to getting a nickname.
1: I love that. What do you think his nickname was going to be? Come on. What do you think it is? Well, there's
3: actually, like, fast forwarding uh, a couple seasons, It's um, it was like like the episode of Husky Bobby when he shows us his scrapbook, and there's really not much of ab- in it, and I mentioned that he has uh, a trophy case at one point too, where there's no trophies on it. It's just a place where Peggy puts potted plants. But there's like the little engraving on the front of the 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 rack, the shelving rack, and it just says Bobby Butch Hill in quotation marks, oh, really? which like people have kind of like assumed that that's always what Hank wanted Bobby's nickname <laughs> to be.
2: <laughs> I could picture it. Him dressed up in like uh, like a white apron with blood stains, and he comes out with a cleaver, and he's the butcher, and that's like his wrestling stick. And <laughs> uh, I can picture like Bobby Dust.
1: Bobby <laughs> Dust.
2: <laughs>
1: so now they're ta- they're they're arguing at the school pretty heated, and H- Peggy asks about a woman judge on the Supreme Court. Did a woman judge ruin the Supreme Court? Huh?
5: Yes, and that woman's name was Earl
1: Warren. That's a. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but that's a. That's a. That's a very. (laughs) That's a very poor opinion to have. I would think, unless I'm missing something. But
2: enlighten me, a little bit.
1: So Earl Warren, he was some church, uh, some judge, or uh, chief justice chief justice yeah that's, there's so many titles for that shit i don't i don't understand this dang legalese but yeah he was so he was um on the court for the brown versus the board of education which was which would put an end to the segregation of children in schools um as well as miranda versus arizona which is about um how police get uh how police inform their people are arresting of their rights. Uh, this actually is the Miranda rights. Well, yeah. That's where it came from. Um, at, uh, Reynolds versus Sims, which was some voting shit that I could not give a fuck about. Um, something about how they had to have like half the representatives. Something I don't care about. Um, and then, yeah, like a, a, I guess he also looked into the... or he led an investigation or something or oversaw an investigation of... Assassination of JFK, so it seems there's like a lot of uh, pretty reasonable uh, things to uh, be on the side of, and I don't understand <laughs> why Hank thinks. I mean, I guess maybe he thinks they're feminine, but it's...
3: yeah, I don't know. I I spent a bunch of time researching this, and it does make a lot of sense to I me. Mean, it doesn't really matter to us that much. I mean, we live in Canada, so you know, I mean, <laughs> fucking fifty year old American politics is somewhat relevant, but I did read that a lot of people just generally just, like, they liked Warner's, like, beliefs and what he was, like, instituting in, in the States. Warren, yeah. But they didn't like like him as, like, a person. Like, a lot of people thought he was just, like, bland and had, like, no ca- charisma and that sort of thing. But I don't, I can't see that as being the reason why Hank doesn't like him, so. No, I think, I think, I think
1: Hank is, I, fuck, I think Hank's a racist, <laughs> honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, not cool, Hank.
1: I think, I think the way he treated, uh, Billy Ray Walters, also, maybe he's not so fond of criminals having equal rights. Yeah. I, I just think uh, Hank's showing a bit of his true colors here.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can see the cotton in him.
1: If there's, if I'm missing something about oh, please this, let us please know. enlighten us, but
2: it seems on the level of me. <laughs> so to interrupt Hank and Peggy's arguing, we get Coach Kleehammer coming out.
3: Yeah, so the coach comes out and he announces the tryouts are going to be held this Friday, and he starts listing off the names of the of the matches between the the wrestlers, and of course he gets to uh, the final one. He announces, and it's Hill versus Super Noosimphone, and the fucking gymnasium is just a gasp.
1: That's the one that that's the one that I'll tune in for. I mean, that's mean that? that's what it is. Yeah, I love that. Like at this moment is kind of when I realized. That this episode was mirroring like the drama, the soap opera of wrestling, you know? It's like these two old friends are gonna have to duke it out for the <laughs> last spot on the team. <laughs> you know? Tune in for
2: SummerSlam.
1: Right? And it's like it's all doesn't matter. But like everybody's like,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just it's yeah.
1: great. It's both, it's just sport. Especially, like, through the eyes of, like, entertainment as sports, which is wrestling.
2: Yeah, this is where the episode really takes a turn, and I think uh, we get to see more of the wrestling team, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> even just before we get to that, I think it is all, like, you look at all of the wrestling practices up until now have just been them dicking around. Yeah, no And doubt. then, like, the only wrestling we've seen is on the video games.
2: Oh, also and that's in the, the same as Bobby. Also in the clip that. Uh, oh yeah, I guess. Said he plays at. Oh yeah, and when he has the volunteer, we haven't seen much wrestling. <laughs> but that's not
1: wrestling. That's <laughs> just him fucking <laughs> wailing on a kid. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> it's mercy. But no, yeah, I think I think that we yeah, it's uh, it's energy, it's it. It's funny to know that, like, the parents are all thinking that wrestling is this Olympic sport, and the kids are all obviously seeing wrestling as just like fucking The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh yeah,
3: man. Yeah, and Bobby also what Bobby also sees in wrestling is there's no running,
1: there's (laughs) no running, there's no rules. He says it.
2: (laughs) The only limit is your imagination. (laughs) True. Uh, But now we're back at the Hill House. And uh, Peggy is very torn Because now she knows she has to choose between uh, Connie Who is a young tree that is blossoming And she needs to protect her uh, And her son Bobby whom she loves And of course she has Min in her shoulder Choose Connie Choose Connie (laughs) Oh what do I do What do I do
6: Mm, choose Connie, choose Connie.
2: (laughs) Like the whole time Peggy's given her whole, uh, you know, everything that she's feeling and Min is just, choose Connie. (laughs) Over her shoulder the whole time. So uh, instead of uh, Peggy choosing Connie, Min chooses Connie and decides to help her beat Bobby. Because I think Peggy kind of folds and doesn't make a decision. Because she decides to get drunk instead.
1: <laughs> I love that. But yeah, yeah, and Luanne decides to help out, though. She's going to be demonstrated on.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the first we see of Luann in this episode, right?
1: I think so. Is it? Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah, and uh, she looks great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she has a speaking line here.
2: No, I think it's just Min saying what move they're going to try next. Looks back to Connie to make sure she's taking notes when Connie should be the one wrestling. (laughs) She's got the multicolored pen on the bench. And uh, (laughs) Luann ends up flipping over Min and putting her in like a full body lock.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And who do we have
4: watching? None other than Bill Dotrieve with a cup of pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wrestling a girl, that's a tough one, Bobby. If you win, you get the shame of having beat up a girl. If you lose, you just better hope she snaps your neck. That's the quickest way. (laughs) So,
3: um, uh, yeah, so Bill's watching uh, Min and Luann wrestle while eating a cup of pudding, and Hank just screams at him like, Bill, for Christ's sake. (laughs) He's like, what? And then, so Bobby's out there, and he's just completely panicked, and the guys are trying to console him, but there's not a lot they can do because... They're like, you know, you know, Boom is like, you're danged if you do, you're danged if you don't. Yeah, man, dang old dang if you do, dang if you don't, man.
2: (laughs) Dad,
6: what am I gonna do? I'm danged here, I'm royally danged.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, he is danged, though. Yeah, it's a royal rumble, (laughs) and he's royally danged. (laughs)
3: It's funny because, like, that's a great voice worked up by Pam Adlon there during the Royally Dang. And uh, Hank doesn't say anything at this scene. He just kind of, like, you can tell that he's thinking. And the next scene is just Bobby underneath, like, a huge, like, six-by-six six <laughs> chunk of carpet. And Hank's just spraying it with a hose. And he's just like, the key to wrestling is being able to explode. So if you can explode underneath this huge piece of wet carpet, you can explode out of another wrestler.
5: Come on, Bobby, light the fuse! You're a keg of dynamite! That's it, boy, you got him where you want him! Time to really explode! (laughs) Keg of
0: dynamite! Uh, uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, There's actually deleted scenes around this and extended scenes too. When he's spraying him with the hose and he's, like, laying on the ground, he asks him how it is. Bobby says, it's like a lead jacket from the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just, like, struggling to get out of it a little longer. Hank's just hosing him down. Um, And then Hank ties up Bobby's leg. And uh, he's, like, Bobby's, like, running around on one leg while, while Hank's, like, throwing a snack for Ladybird on either end. <laughs> and she's, like, tied to Bobby. So, like, and then he, he says, Hank says, says, if you fall over, you'll be a disgrace to every, every pants-wearing man in Ireland. <laughs> and then Bobby, Bobby's just, like, well, shouldn't I be doing my homework? And Hank's just, like, homework? You won't even be able to go back to school if you, if you
2: don't beat this girl. <laughs> When uh, when Hank sprayed him with uh, the hose, it just reminds me of that scene in Billy Madison yes, <laughs> where the, g- the
1: Mister I don't Who even know you. you. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go put some beer in a bucket. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was so funny because like the visual is hilarious. You can see Bobby like not explode or like escape from the carpet, but you can see him like kind of turn around and like get onto like all fours, <laughs> but he still can't explode.
2: And Hank's still just soaking him with the. G- I
1: just love that. Can't get out of my. <laughs>
2: It's like uh, when the we have this little dog that sleeps with us, and every time in the morning when we uh, want to wake up, we're like, go, wake up. And then you just see this like little fucking thing from the blankets just pop up and just try to get out. He's just scooting around. It's so cute. And that's what Bobby looks like. Shit. He started with his head out of the blanket, and he got worse. <laughs> it's a carpet. It a shag rug more like got it. worse. <laughs>
3: So the next scene, uh, Bobby's back at the school and he's getting hassled at the cafeteria.
2: <laughs> yeah, by one of his uh, wrestling mates with a fucking sweet haircut. Clark Peters. That's his name. I fucking love that guy. He is now my new favorite character in this fucking show. <laughs> Who
1: voices him again? Is, is that one also Herman?
3: Uh, uh, voiced by Pamela Adlon. So yeah, this no is- shit. Yep, She's arguing with herself Uh, again.
1: Or another argument with...
3: Yeah, so this episode also features another first appearance of the snot-nosed and perpetually stuffed up with a head-cold bully Clark Peters. Uh, Like I just mentioned, voiced by Pamela Adlon, Uh, Clark Peters actually becomes a pretty uh, frequent reoccurring character in the series, and he also becomes the best friend and perfect companion for none other than Stuart Dooley.
2: Fuck yes. (laughs) Like, this guy is the shit. and. They're like Beavis and ButtHead 2.0, the two of them. I fucking I love it, and I, like, <laughs> like hats off to Pamela Adlon, because like this, uh, this little clip I'm about to play is fucking money. <laughs>
6: Hey Hill, a bunch of us decided that if you don't beat that girl tomorrow, we don't know what we'll do So you better beat
1: her <laughs> You don't want us to think
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: That totally is Pamela but...
3: Oh he's so funny, if you haven't seen what Clark Peters looks like He's got like like the hair on the top of his head and then it's all shaved with like a ponytail sticking out the back yeah, blonde Steven Seagal. Oh.
1: It's like one of those haircuts that you look at and you're like, I don't think that was ever cool, but I'm scared of the day that that may become cool.
3: So Clark eventually goes to play a little
1: prank on Connie. Clark slaps the Connie the Barbarian <laughs> sticker
2: on the back of her shirt. Yeah, and so that obviously upsets Connie, and she runs home.
1: That's obviously in reference to uh, Conan O'Brien, late night talk show host. And then he, go, then Duh. Connie goes back home, <laughs> and she's crying. She's in tears. She's all emotional. Of like, she doesn't want to. She all she wanted to do was hang out with Bobby, because she didn't give a fuck about wrestling. She just likes hanging out with Bobby, and that was it. Like she only played wrestling video games because Bobby wants to. Like, she's only, she told Bobby she only wants to be on the team so she can hang out with him. And it's an excuse, so, like, mom and dad will leave them alone.
2: Yeah, so she'll stop calling and saying if she's doing her homework or not. so
1: now Bobby's, like, got no time because they're both getting ridiculed. Like, it's just no longer what she wanted. So she goes to Khan and says she's out, but Khan ain't having this. Oh, no, no,
2: no.
6: Can we please just forget I ever said anything about this stupid wrestling thing? What?! (laughs) No, I go out on a giant
0: limb for you, Con Junior. You lose, you're no longer my son.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She runs away crying, and I would too. I mean, (laughs) my son.
3: Yeah, poor Connie in this episode. I mean, like, and even, like, before Clark put that note on her back, like, she's clearly just, like, eating by herself in the cafeteria. Like, Bobby is now torn between the wrestling team and his friend Connie. But uh, the next scene after Con... Yells at Connie Is we have uh, A little, ca- <laughs> a, little ca- a little callback To the man who shot Kane Scredenberg And we see Peggy At the fun center.
6: One two three One two three
3: Center. And Peggy's fucking pounding back the Alamos and just crushing balls in just the fucking batting cage. Up. And this, she, and she's like muttering like the these oh, things to herself, shoot. like f- from her past when she was uh, not allowed to play boys' sports. And then she just runs out of balls, I guess. Runs out of quarters.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Lewin>! quarters. I <laughs> like. That's so good. This 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 scene I don't know why exactly because it's not like the direct scene but it reminds me so much of uh a uh, Bull Durham that movie the baseball movie like one of the, the second best baseball movie of all time next to Major League
2: duh <laughs> I liked basketball but we'll talk about that later <laughs> yeah
1: that's those other episodes
2: <laughs> but yeah it just, it just reminds me I love of Drunk of, Peggy like, it just reminds me of, like that scene
1: when they're like out. Mostly when they go to, like, put the sprinklers on To, like, have the rain out I don't know, just because they're drinking and hitting balls Like, it's just, like, it's such a classic, like Angsty sports guy movie thing To be, like, having some (laughs) drinks Like, working out your problems Hitting some dingers
2: (laughs) She's a a funny drunk And, uh, obviously Luann doesn't give her more quarters And drives her home (laughs) So Luann has to drive Peggy back to the hill house and she is absolutely plastered and Luann has to get out and drag her across the lawn and Peggy's saying some nonsense about Jeffrey and Luann doesn't quite get it and it's just so funny the ramblings have drunk Peggy.
6: Oh, I'm sorry little Jeffrey. Mm, that's Bobby. Oh yeah. I wanted to call him Jeffrey but some man wouldn't let me. You mean Uncle Hank?
2: I've watched this with my girlfriend, and she lost it to that bitch. She loved it. (laughs) Of course, a man wouldn't let her. So while Luann is getting Peggy inside the house, Bobby is restless in his room, and he can't sleep, and he looks out the window to see Connie crying at her desk. And he looks around, and he grabs the Sergeant Gorgeous's all-man body slam video game cartridge, and he, he looks at it, and then he holds it up to the window and uh, kind of points it out to Connie. And it goes to the next day. And when I was watching this again, like I said with my girlfriend, she's like, that's a useless scene. And I was just like, nah, baby, like, they're for sure going to recreate that game, like, 100%. Uh, and, of course, we see later that they do. Because of the next day, they're at Tom Landry Middle School for the wrestling match.
3: There's a big fucking day here. Everyone's there. Bill, Dale, Boomhauer, Joseph even stops by to cheer on his two friends fighting each other. And uh, the coach, Klehammer, has some real snide comments to say to Bobby about Peggy not being there. I just wish your mom was here to see you. <laughs>
6: she wanted to be here, but she had to sleep in.
3: <laughs> That's an obvious reference to Peggy being fucking hungover and shit. And then we cut to Con. And he's pumping up his daughter, Connie. And he's like, remember, take down old Playmate hard and fast. And it's just like, he just won't even, like, give Bobby the credit
2: of saying his name. It's just like, former Playmate. Like, now you're going to destroy him. (laughs) (laughs) And in the hill corner, of course, Hank's doing the same thing for Bobby. But <laughs> instead of taking it that approach, he decides to, you know, instill some fire and burn in the boy. And he and he and before sending him out, he says.
5: I just want you to know this. Connie killed your frog.
1: <laughs> I love it. He's just going pretty low there. But um and in it's just a deleted scene right after <clears throat> where Hank kind of backs up and sees that. Bobby's now got to go and fight uh, Connie and Dale kind of whispers to him. He says, I downloaded a list of uncredited doctors who will change his facial features for ammunition and canned food (laughs) in case Bobby needed. It was so embarrassed he needed to run away.
3: (laughs) And now. Everything we've been building up for for this fucking episode is about to happen. The wrestling match is about to go down.
1: Start like, just keep listening, you
6: gotta let it
4: play.
3: So, the wrestling match finally starts, and for maybe two seconds, they actually kind of do a little bit of real wrestling. Bobby kind of grabs Connie, puts like by the shoulder, I think, neck area. I can't. I, yeah, something, something, something like that. He he locks her in something, Upper
2: but body. yeah. <laughs>
3: and I think uh, I think Connie comes back at him with like another kind of proper wrestling move, and then all of a sudden Bobby picks up <laughs> Connie over his fucking head and just. Drops her back down on his knee, gives her the old backbreaker, and it's just amazing. <laughs> the whole gym, like Con, uh, Min, Hank, everyone's just completely fucking mortified. Yeah, they think that fucking Bobby just broke his spine, yes. a la Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about like I don't know a whole lot about wrestling, but I do know Rocky, and <laughs> I thought of Rocky Three, with Hulk Hogan. here yeah, he played. Hulk Hogan plays Thunderslip And he just He like breaks He does that bag breaker move on him And just that's what it made me think of Pretty apt
3: (laughs) (laughs) And the coach at this point Gets really pissed off and he's like What the hell is that And Clark Peters has something to say about it
6: (laughs) Nope That's real wrestling (laughs)
2: Yeah, just like we talked about before, where all the kids think that this is, uh, you know, fake wrestling, (laughs) and real wrestling's the stuff that you see on TV.
3: (laughs) And at this point, Peggy, or sorry, at this point, Bobby and Connie are still going back and forth with these outlandish wrestling moves, and... Connie's, like, celebrating to the other girls from general yeah. sports, and Bobby grabs up a folding <laughs> chair and, like, hits her in the I'll back.
1: I'll add that no, not a single adult stopped them. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and once again, everyone's just, like, jaws hit the floor. They think that Bobby just hits poor girl with a metal <laughs> folding chair, and she gets, like, pushed forward, and uh, it's into the, the face of the camera that her mom is uh, <laughs> holding because Min and Con are recording the thing to, to bring in with her Harvard application. And Connie just to really piss her parents off goes like, "I'm gonna go to a party school, Chico State,
1: yeah." <laughs>
3: and so the thing with Chico State is,
1: <laughs> so is it more than just fried chicken? Yeah, because that's all I know about Chicos. Yeah, Chicos no. chicken. Yeah, and pizza. Yeah, chicken and pizza.
3: outside of our uh, small town, <laughs> they, uh, they don't just
1: Chicos isn't worldwide. <laughs> There's only one Chicos. Yeah. Oh, man.
3: (laughs) News to me. That's the pizza slash uh, fried chicken joint around here.
0: They deliver.
1: (laughs) They do deliver.
3: But in January 1987, Playboy listed the top 40 party schools in the United States. This is 87? 1987, yes. Who came in at number one? California State University, Chico. Uh, Wow. Yeah. But by 2018, the last time that uh, these uh, Playboy listed the schools... The top ten featured the Ohio State University at number one. Second place was the University of Iowa. And rounding out the top three was Florida State University.
1: Do it for state. <laughs> That's the Sooners, right? Ohio? Oklahoma. Oh.
3: Ohio State Buckeyes.
1: Buckeyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Oklahoma.
3: So if anyone from Chico State is listening, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: were, you is were number one. <laughs> what does it stand for?
3: uh it's the it's University of California Chico so Chico's the city that uh, that branch of University of California is I thought is it in. was
1: like chips no
3: <laughs> i think it's just like the the region it's in
2: okay yeah, so after she says this, uh, she comes back to Bobby, and I think she, like, slams his face a couple times with a power fist, and then gets him in a headlock, and then she, like, whispers, like, do you think they've had enough? And Bobby's just like, I got one more. And, <laughs> and what does he pull out but a Ketchup. Packet. It. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Does the fake blood my eyes my eyes. Like I remember playing Smackdown versus Raw like in 2011 and that was like one of the things that if you beat a guy in the face enough his eyes would start to bleed <laughs> and he looks just like that when it happens. It was perfect. <laughs> That's some like old school Dusty roads <laughs> shit. Yeah.
3: It's so funny too because the catch up thing once again all the parents are like oh my god and Khan's just like yeah,
1: yeah no mercy yeah. Come on.
3: <laughs> he's cheering on his Eye daughter daughters,
1: so <laughs> odd. like it's just like one sign away from the yeah.
2: real wrestling match. and I just love it because like all these parents would probably like I don't know turn their nose up at wrestling, be like oh that's fake or like oh that's garbage that you're watching on the TV, but when it's happening in front of them, they fucking love it because it is a good time. It's a
1: hell of a lot more fun than watching real wrestling. I mean, i
2: sure I'd, I'd rather watch WWE than the UFC. That's like. <laughs> Any yeah. Day of the week.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, UFC is just not fun. <laughs>
2: it's pretty brutal, but I mean, this one is so fucking fun. No, but that's right. drama. Mean. It's
1: like the UFC isn't like about being fun, where the the wrestling is about wearing bright colors and being fun. I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, I wish my friends would like, you know, hey, you want to come over for the yeah. fights and be talking about WWE. <laughs> not like
1: whatever. Last year, sometime I I I watched that the ladder match. The
2: mm-hmm.
1: what what are those called?
2: Um, oh, a table ladder chair match? No, no, like no, no, no. a TLC was, match? Uh,
1: money in the bank.
2: It's oh, where they have to the the climb bank. it and get the, yeah. either the money or they do it for uh, belts sometimes too.
1: <laughs> so it was, an, I think it was a contract was up there as well as money.
2: Was <laughs> it's just dangling above them. The guys yeah, it was great.
1: It. it was awesome. There was like 70 ladders out there yeah. and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> like, I was so confused why none of my friends wanted to come over and watch it with me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I used to work at the movie theater and at the movie theater they would screen these yeah, papers. View matches, and, like, I would, yeah, obviously walk, come in and watch it for a little bit, but, like, the smell that lingered in there after those events was pungent. Wow, people actually showed up. Oh, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? There was actually, like, a big squad, and they oh, really? were actually, like, really good dudes, and uh, we always just, like, gave the posters out afterwards, because they would hang around until we gave them to them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Great community. <laughs> Great community. GC. <laughs>
3: Screw you guys, I like the UFC. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not
1: that I don't like it. It's just that it's, it's, not, it's, not, as, it's not about entertainment like, yeah. the, like wrestling is. No,
3: I know what you mean. You can watch like five cards in a row and there won't be a good fight. And you'll get lucky to get one.
1: Well, you know. good isn't necessarily what I'm looking for either. Because yeah. I, I couldn't care less. Like It could be the best fight and I don't really care. Because I just don't understand what's going on. But, like, with wrestling, I don't need to understand. All I need to know is that that man said that that other man's mother was a cow, <laughs> and now they are going to fight.
2: Yeah, if there's one thing I've noticed about every wrestling match, is that the stakes are have never been higher. No. At every match. Yeah. I love it. You can tune into any it's episode. Like, it's an <laughs> anime,
1: too. Everybody has power levels building. Oh, <laughs> it's
2: fucking great.
3: Are but you?
1: anyway, Peggy shows up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a very hungover,
1: sunglass-clad yeah. Peggy
3: uh, comes stumbling in.
1: So she's there in time for Jeffrey's match.
2: She looked exactly like a hungover mother should look.
1: <laughs> but you know what? She was there, goddammit.
2: Yeah, she made it. She, she made it. And then uh, she walks up to Hank and, is that our Jeffrey?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, like she sees Hank
3: smiling because Hank is... Finding it very amusing what what Bobby and Connie have turned uh, this uh, middle school wrestling trial into this goddamn soap opera. And she's just like, oh, no, did Bobby crush that little girl's dreams? And Hank's like, nope. And she's like, oh, my God, did that little witch bring her beat our son? And Hank's like, nope, they found a way out. And he's like, listen to the cheers, Peggy, because the whole...
1: It's funny that you would say that.
2: Because in wrestling matches, there's no way out.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, what were you going to say?
1: It's it's funny that you would say that Bobby and Connie are turning this into a soap opera because one might argue that it was the parents that put all the investment into the soap opera leading up to the match all week to, to Friday afternoon... Sort of raw, <laughs> yeah, sort <Blue>. of raw.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, I really wish there was like a quick cut scene to like Bill, Dale,
2: and Boomhauer like cracking Alamos yeah. <laughs> uh, like
1: crowd. no, like I would have loved them to be in the parking lot with like a grill or something. But they, they
2: should have had the signs in the stands. They should have. <laughs> I don't know like why they did. Joseph should have had a yeah. sign. It would have <laughs> been
1: great. Yeah. John
2: C- three sixteen. <laughs> John three sixteen.
1: John, John three sixteen. Yeah, and God loved the little rest of the match. I don't know what the
3: fuck says. <laughs> and yeah, that's about it. It's a very abrupt ending. It's just, it's Peggy's just her final words. They're uh, what Dustin just said. That's our Jeffrey. And cut to credits. That's the end of the episode.
2: And so the end of the episode brings us to our final thoughts on that episode. So I guess I'll just kick this off. Um, my final thoughts on this episode, uh, while I was watching it, I was like, oh man, I knew right from the get-go when they were playing that Sergeant Gorgeous video game that this was going to be a gooder, and with a title like Bobby Slam, like... I I actually do love wrestling, so I was like I was stoked on the theme for this episode. Like I love Bobby episodes, so I was pumped on it. And I like that it yeah, it revolves around Bobby and friends more than Bobby and Hank. Because we've seen a lot of Bobby and Hank and I just want to see him interact with more people, and I'm glad it was Connie. Like that was a good choice. Just because again, we just saw the son that got away and it kind of touched on their relationship. And uh I it's just it was very interesting to me, and there were some pretty good Uh, Pretty good gags. There was a lot of jokes that went over my head that I didn't even want to look up because they were so complex because I don't really like controversial legal topics. So I just kind of steer clear to those, but there's lots of it. Uh, But otherwise, a solid episode. I'd give it four headlocks and five DDTs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this one's pretty good. I really liked it. I, um... This is one that I like. I've seen before, but probably didn't remember that well. Um, I really like the Hank Bobby in this one, especially in this one, because it does feel like as it goes along, Bobby does kind of figure himself out a little bit more, and Hank kind of figures. It feels like there's some, albeit slow, but it feels like there is a progression in the way that they they try and bond as it goes along. Um, I I. Like the wrestling, I like wrestling, I think, more in theory than I actually like wrestling. <laughs> I, like, I love, I got, I remember I went to a garage sale about, like, 17 of these old classic WWF, like, 19, like, 91 to 95 VHS tapes. And they were awesome. They are so much fun. And, like, I used to love taking the wrestling toys and just, like, lighting them on fire and shooting them with pell guns over at our buddy's house. And, like, wrestling video games are <laughs> super missed, sometimes hit. I like some of them. Yeah. Um uh, but like wrestling is fun. It but I could I, I can't I never like got into it, I would say, but it's a lot of fun watching it. Um and yeah, I don't know this this uh this <clears throat> this whole I think this was a good se- setting because like this would be a sport I could see Bobby enjoying especially if he got to do what he did with it like Take it as, like, the entertainment sport rather than the, like, Olympic sport. Um, And I could see him being – having a lot of fun with that and, like, still kind of, like, impressing Hank a bit.
3: Yeah, like, loving the showbiz side of uh, WWE Because it
1: really is a lot of – I mean, it is as much – it's, like, 50% drama kid, 50% gym rat. Like, it's, like, that's what it is.
3: (laughs) It's a weird fucking mix. It really is.
1: (laughs) But you know what? I love it.
3: It's fun. I love it too, sorta. But you know what I actually love? (laughs) I love this episode. It it didn't have like maybe as much uh, substance as like what you consider maybe like a true King of the Hill episode to have, but it was super fun. Anytime there's a sport episode, I love it. The parallels between Hank and Bobby going back and forth and it, it was great. And, it was like the best ending I think that ever could have been with the kids having pre-rehearsed this, this wrestling thing that tied it up perfectly. And there was no other way to end it. There was no way they were going to, you know, break up Connie and Bobby's relationship anyway, because this is what they're really building on in halfway through season two is the fact that Bobby and Connie are get along really well together and live next door. So it's, it makes a lot of sense now. One thing I came across that I was completely oblivious to as a long-time King of the Hill fan is that this episode spawned the first in a series of four books about King of the Hill published by Scholastic. Oh. Yeah, so the first one was, it's just called King of the Hill, a play based on the Bobby Slam episode. So it was published January 1st, 1998, and the summary for the book is essentially the same thing as the episode. Is just
1: called... So it was like made for like student classes to yeah perform I, this I, as I, a play.
3: No, it just is a like a play on like a play based on the episode.
1: But like at like a performance play, like a like actors.
3: I'm not sure. I couldn't find any uh, actual like content from the book, so I don't know what it actually was about.
1: Oh, okay.
3: But yeah, it's just a uh, the the summary is basically what we just talked about the episodes connie wants to try out for the school wrestling team when the coach puts her against her best friend bobby will their friendship survive so there was four in this uh the second one released was hank hill's the boy ain't right which was published may 13th 1998 the third one which is amazing is dale's i'm okay your y2k a survival guide for the millennium and for the one after that which was published november 1st 1999 and the final one was WD40 for the Soul: A Guide to Fixing Everything by Hank Hill, published December 1st, 1999. Now, one thing that our historian noticed about this episode is that um, Hank Hill's The Boy at Right is pretty much the entire book is published on the uh, season two DVDs.
1: Yeah, the they got pretty. So on the on disc three of the of season two DVDs, it has many excerpts from the book that boy ain't right.
3: We want to keep tying in parts of the episodes to parts that Hank published in his book.
1: Yeah. So, I mean the book, this book, at least this first one that we're going to do is it's like, it's sort of written through the eyes of Hank. Um, I don't know who actually came up with all the bits.
3: It just said created by Mike judge and Greg Daniels. So I just assume it was Mike judge doing it.
1: Yeah. They
3: didn't have an actual author tied to it.
1: I would, yeah, I mean, I would feel like maybe it was, like, in the writer's room, just, like, a bunch of lines that they kind of, like, had come up with the scenarios that maybe weren't, because, like, you think about, like, random lines in in the show that were, like, deleted scenes, like, if I can't, Kill time with a chamois and a
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: bottle of liquid dashboard. Like you know, like that kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff that's in the book.
2: And you'd imagine they'd have a vault of those in the writers' For sure. room, right? So and to. you can attach all the people's names to the book, okay. so they just kind of maybe did a blanket.
1: And probably just as many of them that hit the hit the cutting room floor, and they probably just repurposed them and threw them at a book. Changed them up. We want to pick out maybe one for each episode that we'll find a relevant bit to, and we'll kind of keep reading this book to you as the podcast goes on. Yeah, because
3: This Boy Ain't Right is pretty much like a, like a self-help book by Hank Hill, or like a tutorial on like raising a son.
1: Especially if your son is Bobby Hill.
3: Yeah, so everything, <laughs> it's going to tie in a lot, so...
1: So I'll just start, I'll read the first section of the book, it's written by Hank, it's a Dedication, it says... Writing a book is rarely the work of just one person. In this case, it was. But I couldn't have done this all by myself if it weren't for the invaluable support of my wife, Peggy Hill. She was always there for me as I worked late into the night with an encouraging word, a cup of coffee, a rewrite or two, or simply typing the entire manuscript from the notes I scribbled on the back of a napkin or called into our answering machine. And she did all the illustrations. Thanks, Peggy.
2: No wonder the book has shitty illustrations.
1: <laughs> that red corn one's weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's some definitely some weird animations in that book. Um, so the next page is the preface by Bobby Hill, and this is uh, it looks like a letter that he had maybe written uh, just to anybody, really, about this book. And it seems that when uh, Hank was telling him about the book, uh, Bobby misheard him. So this is what Bobby has to say. I can think of no better man to write The Boy Is Right than my dad, Hank Hill. My mom had told me he was working on a book about fathering, and I can't tell you how pleased I was when I overheard my dad tell his book guy the title. I am honored to be the boy who is right of this book. Bobby Robert Hill, Arlen, Texas, Spring, 1998. Oh, I love how confused Bobby was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the the
3: first, uh, it's first page i guess would be in the book it's entitled what is a boy a boy starts out as a seed grows into a root and pretty soon he's a lawn just like a lawn he needs mowing edging trimming and watering but not too much you got to be on the watch out for weeds which can spring up at any time
1: (laughs) and so his goes on to say a boy is a chance to build your own frankenstein so to speak you can show the world what life would be like if you were in charge of making people. Finally, you can create your own perfect human till he starts thinking on his own. <laughs> like, I think that, that one, that's great. That calls back when he says, we both need to agree on the things we're going to force him to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: uh, the next line is a, it's a pretty good one that kind of relates to this episode, actually. So <clears throat> Hank says, a boy is a way to live out your dreams. You know, the ones that got cut short when he was born. <laughs> He'll play for the Cowboys and own a propane company in the offseason. If your boy doesn't fulfill your dreams, there's always your boy's boy. The debt is passed down to him. So it kind of just, you know, Hank really wants this guy to be good at sports. <laughs> and, take
1: family gas. and
2: take over the family gas station. And take over the family gas station.
3: This one's a little less hopeful. Uh, a boy is like a septic tank. You got to watch what goes in there. Before you know it, his mind is swelled up with all kinds of garbage. If left untreated, you get a foul smell coming from the backyard.
2: (laughs) Ain't that the truth? (laughs) I like that one.
1: Yeah, that's kind of fun. I don't know. I think that might be – that's something we'll keep doing, I think, for uh, at least for a while.
2: Yeah, you can definitely see the relations between almost any episode you can pull an example from where Hank actually uses this knowledge. Exactly, exactly. So I think it is a good thing to look back on every week.
1: Yeah, and there's there's some other King of the Hill things that are sort of adjacent that I think we should maybe take a look at as they become more relevant, just sort of to encompass all of what happens.
2: Because there's a lot, and we want to cover as much as we can, so we're doing our best so to bring this meeting to a close we should give uh, one final round table Tanya.
0: i get no
2: hear more Order of the Straight
1: Arrow, join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram
2: at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, the King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Yeehaw! Hey, what you crying
4: for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show.
2: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.